She, 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 she only up, 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 walls to, to count, count her steps. Eighteen teeth strides and she stops to abide by the law that she herself has set. That eighteen steps is one complete set, and before the next nine right and nine left. She looks up, up at the blue. And whispers to all of the above Don't let me drown Don't breathe alone No kicks, no pies, no broken bones Never let me sink Always feel at home No kicks, no shanks and no stones Never leave it too late Does enjoy the taste of the great, 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 great wild of hearts as all dogs everywhere bark 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 it's worth knowing <clears throat> like all good fruit the balance of life is in the right and ruin why hello there and welcome to another round of position rankings within the cardinal organization I'm your host, I'm Kyle Reese for Birds on the Black. Uh, this is our final group. Uh, we're, we're all the way through our little countdown. It's been a week full of excitement and just poor, poor player evaluations on my part. Uh, my part, rather. Uh, let's get right into it. What do you say? This The third base group is probably the deepest. Uh, the, like, the most top-heavy, maybe. That's probably the better way to put it. Like, the talent at the top is pretty, pretty solid. Uh, more high-end than the catcher position in the Cardinals organization, but probably not as deep uh, as the catching position. What I know for sure is that the the first four guys on this list in particular have a potential and a chance to be pretty solid major league players if they reach their ultimate potential. Now, for most of these guys, uh, there's some distance to go before it gets that far, but... uh, it's an exciting group nonetheless. You will not find Patrick Wisdom on this list. Uh, I probably shouldn't have to say that at this point. He already made a Major League debut. So we're going to blow right by Patty Wisdom. Congratulations to him too, by the way, for making it to the 40-man and having a nice little impact on the St. Louis Cardinals after uh, after making the 40-man. One of my favorite moments in the 2018 season was the grand slam he hit against the Dodgers that ended up going for nothing, really. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, also, Jairo Muno should probably get a little shout-out. I talked about him more yesterday during the shortstops. Uh, uh, I'm done with I'm done talking about Jairo. Number one on our list, third baseman, 20-year-old, Aliris Montero. It's Aliris. I call him Aliris because I'm a moron. But it's Aliras Montero. Uh, here's the deal with Montero. He's a monster. You know, he's physically built like Albert Pujols was when Albert Pujols made his Major League debut in 2001. He's that kind of size. Now, I actually draw a lot of comparisons between Pujols and Montero. But I draw those comparisons mechanically and physically and defensive ability-wise. I, I want to make it clear before I jump into all of that that I'm not saying in any capacity is Alaris Montero, uh, Alaris Montero going to be Albert Pujols. He is not. Uh, he's not anywhere near that caliber of a prospect. Remember, those are the most unique level of prospects. That's the elite, like, 0.1%. Uh, so it's not going to be like that. 
offensively, think of him more like Alan Craig. Now, he does have a, a higher strikeout rate than Major League version of Alan Craig had, and he doesn't have the walk rate that uh, Major League Alan Craig had when Alan Craig was good, that is. But that's kind of how he profiles. He, he His swing's a little bit longer. He's he, he has raw power because of his body type and size, but it doesn't seem like he... It doesn't seem to me like he's ever going to click into that. Like, that doesn't really seem like something that's realistic to expect of him. A 30 home run season, maybe a 25 home run season here and there. Uh, but he's more of a 280, 350, you know, 480 slug guy. You know, he's a, on an OPS level, he's whatever numbers it takes to get you to 850. He's a 120 to 130 WRC plus player. That's the kind of run creator he has the potential to be. Uh, you know, getting back to the whole Pools thing, he has the body type. He plays third base the way that Albert Pools played third base when Albert Pools made his major league debut. That's to say that it's a little rough uh, and extremely raw. And there's times when he can be really, really good. And his foot speed has increased uh, based on judgment time. His his ability to read the ball off the bat has gotten quite a bit better, but it's nothing that's going to stick out, uh, and it probably isn't sustainable over the long timeline. It might be something that, like, for a couple of years, you can get away with him at third base, but eventually he's probably going to have to switch to first. And I say first instead of the corner outfield because of foot speed. You know, it, it's one thing to be a somewhat quick twitch athlete at a corner position, and it's another thing to try to be fast out in the outfield. Uh, and it's like fast foot speed is not necessarily something that Alaris has. But he's really good. Look, he's more 1A on this list where prospect number 2 on the list is 1B. It was hard to decide in between the two. Uh, But Alaris Alaris gets the the nod uh, because he's further along. The one thing that was most encouraging to me as we talked about his walk rate and strikeout rate is from month to month, this 19-year-old who got the advanced promotion to Peoria, who's built like a man, got better and better with the walk rate and strikeout rate. It, it ticked down month after month after month, the strikeout rate did, while his walk rate went up. He's refining at a young age at a difficult level. Uh, he showed well in Palm Beach, which is a, a pitcher-friendly league. Over the short exposure that he had there, I'm anxious to see where he starts the 2019 season. Uh, I think we'll. I can't help but think that the Cardinals try to get creative and send him to to Springfield, but you know they might start him at Palm Beach and see how it goes, and then eventually promote him to Springfield. Uh, look, I love Alaris Montero. I love him. He's a man. He's fun to watch. He's good in all counts. He changes his approach in all counts. Uh, to to match the count, he's he's just a really really impressive kid, and we spent a lot of time talking about what third base might look like in the future. And again, I, I, I'm one to talk about it only being like on a small timeline, but uh, you know we're quick to give our number two prospect on the list the reins to third base, and we need to pump that because Alari Alaris is ahead of Nolan Gorman uh, on the depth chart right now, and. Uh, I would imagine that he has claimed a chance to claim the position beforehand. Uh, Montero's a hard worker. He could end up becoming a really, really good defensive third baseman. It just looks like you're hoping for average at this point. As we segue into our number two prospect, uh, more 1B than one uh, than, uh, than number two, we talk about number, uh, or we talk about 18-year-old Nolan Gorman. 
Now, Gorman's interesting uh, because he's a monster. No, Gorman's interesting because he was a first-round pick. No, no, no. Gorman is interesting because he should not have fallen to 19th to the Cardinals. Uh, no, you know what? It's not even that. Gorman is interesting because he's a monster. <laughs> I'm going to go back to that one. Uh, you're talking about an 18-year-old kid who's built for baseball. Uh, good size, 6'2", good heft, good girth, good strength, beautiful bat speed, uh, great work with the hands, hips and hands working in conjunction with each other. Nolan Gorman is everything that the Cardinals fans have always wanted out of a prospect, but have been uh, very, very vocal about their disdain and uh, uh, lack of happiness, rather, with the fact that they haven't had in the organization in quite some time. And in the, in the article, you know, I write those things as kind of a stream of consciousness, so I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, kind of like what's going on here. I'm just writing whatever's on the top of my head. But, uh, you know, in that article, I try to think back, when was the last time the Cardinals had a player that was this raw that they drafted? You know, you can look back at Oscar, to like this raw and potentially super talented, uh, and you look back and you say, Oscar Tavares, but he wasn't drafted. You know, it seems like most of the success that they've had uh, uh, getting these type of athletes has been on the international market. And it's kind of a breath of fresh air that this kid was drafted. And, you know, honestly, coming off, off the top of my head, you know, Brett Wallace was polished. Zach Cox was polished. Again, neither of those guys had a major league career, but they were collegiate hitters. You know, Colton Wong, collegiate hitter. Like, the last time the Cardinals had a player that was this, had this much promise, with this much athleticism, with this high of a ceiling that they drafted in the first round was probably J.D. Drew. Rick Ankiel and J.D. Drew are the first two names that come to my mind. And, you know, when you compare him to Delvin Perez, and this isn't just, like, because Delvin's been bad and uh, Nolan Gorman got off to such an amazing start in his Cardinal career, but the two of them aren't even nearly on the same level, not at the point when they were drafted, not in their first half season, and not now as we look at their prospect profiles. Uh, Nolan Gorman is a very, very unique player that the Cardinals are really lucky to have in the system, and a lot of their future is going to hinge on his ability. Uh, so there's questions about his ability to stay at third. What I can tell you for sure about Nolan Gorman is he will do everything that he can to be a third baseman at the major league level. He's dedicated. He's smart. I mean, he really does check all of the boxes. He's physical, athletic. He's smart. He's a hard worker. He's dedicated to the craft. He loves baseball. Another interesting thing that probably gets overlooked that might not have any sway at all on his ability to his abilities on his abilities moving forward. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays selection, Matthew Liberator, uh, Liberator. Uh, he, the two of them are best friends. They like grew up together. And they kind of drive each other. They push each other. Libertor is a, a right-handed, or is a pitcher. I think he's left-handed now that I think about it. Uh, he's a pitcher, but the two of them drive each other. And I can't help but think that if my best friend from high school and I were on the same path to the major leagues, drafted in the same year, a handful of picks apart from each other, it, and I had him, like, driving me and having that, like, competitive nature fuel me, I feel like that would push me even harder to reach my ceiling. And if I was half the man that 18-year-old Nolan Gorman is, uh, I'd be in pretty good shape because Gorman is a man. He He's a man. The one thing we always say about outfielder Dylan Carlson is that he's a man. Well, Gorman is a man just like Dylan Carlson. Uh, just the maturity level 
dedication level, all of that stuff. Uh, as we reflect on Gorman's entry into the Cardinals organization, and we're already on like 10 minutes here. I've been talking about Alaris Montero and Norlin Gorman for for longer than I probably should. We're probably this one's probably going to go a little bit longer, folks. Uh, the third basemen are awesome. Anyways, Gorman had a great 2018 debut. He tore Johnson City up. He was setting records in Johnson City. Took about a 10-day sabbatical that I still don't have any reason why. I heard it was to iron out some mechanical issues. Uh, Whatever it might have been, it doesn't matter. Took a little 10-day sabbatical uh, in Johnson City. Came back, went back to raking, and then got a promotion to Peoria late in the year where at times he looked overmatched. At times the speed of the game, especially defensively, got the better of him. but the deal is anytime you get a teenager who holds his own, relatively speaking, at a full season club, you, you keep an extra close eye. That's a special, special talent. And even more so when that player is still in their draft year. Uh, I can't tell you how unique that is, how awesome that is. It's going to start becoming more popular, uh, more common, because baseball's moving in that direction as teams hurry to get their players to the major leagues for cost control, or for cost relief, rather. Uh, it's going to become more common, but it still isn't super common yet. Nolan Gorman's going to strike out. He's going to walk a lot. Uh, he mirrors Tyler O'Neill a lot, uh, the prospect version of Tyler O'Neill. People forget that Tyler O'Neill uh, was a 20-year-old, turned 21, who won a Southern League AA MVP. That's rare. Uh, that goes to show you how amazing Tyler O'Neill was. Tyler O'Neill was a top 40 prospect in all of baseball. Nolan Gorman will be a top 40 prospect in all of baseball. Uh, pitchers treat Gorman very, very carefully. If they don't get ahead of him in account, they usually treat him with respect and don't give him anything close because they don't want to get punished. At least minor league pitchers. That'll change as he gets older. It changed with Tyler O'Neill as Tyler O'Neill got older. Uh, all of this is to say, you'll see that he had a high strikeout rate in Peoria. You'll see that his walk rate went down. But those aren't things to worry about. This kid is special. He's unique and he's special and he's a left-handed power bat with probably the most raw power uh, from the left-handed side of any prospect in the Cardinals organization. And between Montero and Mr. Gorman, we all should be pretty goddamn excited about the prospects at third base for the St. Louis Cardinals, but that's not to take away from what follows here, because the next two prospects in particular, and number five, too, are really interesting players that could play a very important role in a major league roster. Number three on our list, NC State alum, 22-year-old Evan Mendoza. Now, real quick uh, background on Mendoza, I was fortunate enough to interview him. I'm a huge fan. Uh, He did a little relief pitching his first year at NC State, worked his ass off to become a third baseman uh, that offseason between his freshman and sophomore year as a true freshman, and ended up starting as their primary third baseman his sophomore and junior year. Now, it took him a while to get up to speed. His bat in college was light sometimes, but by the end of his time in college, he really, really, really started to rake. Enters the Cardinals system, looks really, really good, plays a really good third base, uh, last year was his first full year in the Cardinals organization. Started uh, at the uh, Palm Beach level, the advanced A level, which is a hell of an assignment for someone in their first year in the Cardinals organization. Didn't really hit for much in the way of power at the beginning of his time at Palm Beach, but it definitely came around uh, by his the, the end of his time at Palm Beach. He had become a relatively complete hitter uh, with modest power, good gap power at, at Palm Beach. He earned a promotion to Springfield. But he wasn't ready for it. And I know that that sounds like a contradiction. 
But sometimes, like, think about it in your job, right? Like, in your place of employment, employment, there are times when you are ready. Like, there are times when you deserve a promotion. And when you get it, you're just not ready for it. Like, it's just too much for you. You need to get the seasoning in. You need to get the experience before it's actually yours, before, it's, before you're at the level for it. And uh, that's exactly what happened with Mr. Evan Mendoza. Double A, the, the jump from d- uh, single A to double A is very, very hard. And when you go from a pitching-friendly league where you start hitting the double-A where the pitchers don't treat counts how you have ever seen in your life and they get aggressive with breaking pitches and off-speed pitches and you're seeing those earlier in counts, it's it's a hard adjustment to make. Evan Mendoza, at times during the season, showed that he was capable of making that adjustment, but the league would adjust to him even quicker and uh, he couldn't keep it going. I... uh, I think what we're going to see out of Evan Mendoza is a lot like what we saw out of Tommy Edmond in 2018. Uh, Edmond went through kind of the same thing in 2017, where because of injury for Edmond, he was forced into promotion to Springfield, and his bat didn't really like live up to it. It was just too much. His bat wasn't there, uh, and that's kind of what we saw out of Mendoza in 18. And then in 18 for Edmond between double A and triple A, Edmund was kind of a monster. It took him a second to get going and the power wasn't there. That's not Edmund's game, but Edmund was as difficult of an at-bat as you would find in the Cardinals organization during 2018. That's Evan Mendoza when Evan Mendoza is on. Evan Mendoza has a little bit of power. He has great plate coverage. He has average bat speed, uh, but he's willing to do whatever possible to, uh, to, to make sure that he gets on base. That's a really important thing for him. Uh, again, the power might not ever come. I do think that there's 10 to 15 po- uh, home run power in there. I think there's 25 to 30 double gap power in there. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it all goes, how it all develops, of course. But I, I think a lot of people are down on Evan Mendoza, and they shouldn't be. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where if you saw his stats at double A, you'd say, ugh, this is not good. Uh, probably not the third best prospect at third base in the organization, right? But then when you take into context all the other things that he's gone through, every other thing that he's, uh, you know, his path to get to double A, it becomes a little bit more clear that this is a prospect that's worth keeping a close eye on. His bat, the development of that is a big deal. Uh, We get into his bat and haven't even got to his defense, which is the best defense of any of the third basemen in the organization. Uh, His arm is above average. His range is above average. He's willing to go and do everything he can to get a baseball. Uh, that's hit to him or in his direct vicinity. He'll jump over a rail. He'll make a Willie Mays catch down the third base line. Uh, he'll dive. He just doesn't care. He is a true third baseman. Uh, and it, you know, when I say that, I'm, he's not Nolan Arenado. He's not Manny Machado at third base. Uh, he's not uh, Matt Chapman. That's not his. Like he's not that good. But he is above average at the major league level uh, and could project to be more than that. Just a matter of like if the bat ever lives up plays up to get him to the major league level. I uh, I think it will. I don't think it'll ever be too impressive. Uh, it might be kind of like Eduardo Escobar, uh, which is a very, very good and solid bat. We'll just have to wait and see what it looks like. But I love, I personally love Evan Mendoza. He's one of my favorite prospects in the organization. And a lot of people are selling him short. And that saddens me because he's super good. Uh, he's advanced. He's smart. He's got the collegiate mind. Which is kind of an interesting segue to our number four prospect, 17-year-old, 17-year-old, the guy's not even old enough to graduate high school unless he was taking advanced classes, uh, Malcolm Nunez. Note that Malcolm spells his first name M-A-L-C-O-M. There's not an additional uh, L there between the O and the M. 
Malcolm Nunez. Now, somehow the Cardinals managed to sign this monster of a kid, uh, this extremely impressive physical specimen and extremely impressive baseball player to a $300,000 contract during this free international free agent period, which is an incredible coup and victory in my opinion. Uh, and you just kind of hope and pray that the Cardinals didn't do anything illegal to get it. Uh, I don't think they did. I would absolutely assume that they did not. Uh, but between all the stuff that happens while you're trying to, while you're trying to sign international prospects, like I just don't understand how the Cardinals were capable of signing this kid to a $300,000 contract, uh, when I'm sure he was offered at least triple that. Uh, but you know, he claims that he has a really strong uh, bond with Moises Rodriguez, who is in charge of the international uh, uh, part of the Cardinals scouting system. And maybe that was enough. But what I know is Malcolm Nunez is a beast. He's a damn beast. He, uh, and look, read the article. Uh, and if you don't read the article, just scroll down to see the gifts. Because you'll, you'll see how beautiful his swing is, how much leverage he gets, how quick the bat is, how much plate coverage he gets. I mean, he checks all the boxes offensively all of them and granted his stats were off uh, like they were incredible at the Dominican summer league level but we don't get too excited about those stats until they're stateside we want to see the players stateside before we invest any type of like real thought into those stats the Dominican summer league er, is just like it's a weird league it's hard to explain what I'll tell you is that the stats lie for players that are as physically gifted uh, as as Nunez is he was just too good for the league and he's a little older for the league, uh, so it, it's tough to say. He's also more pedigreed for the league. Nunez has been on the prospect radar for years, and this is another reason why it's interesting to me that he was signed for $300,000. Uh, he's been on the prospect radar for years. He's He's been a tournament player that teams have gushed over. He's been one of the better tournament players uh, uh, for years. He's just he's so good. And he's so raw. And I would expect the Cardinals to, you know, I would expect them to be as aggressive with him as they're capable of being. Uh, he does not look 19. And it's been really interesting to see over the last year how he's girthed up. He reminds me a lot of Rafael Devers. Like, the way he plays defense, you know, sometimes he's really good. Other times he's really bad. He's put on weight over the last year, like I was saying. Uh, you'll see the first gift, which was from two years ago. He is svelte and athletic and kind of small. Uh, and then you'll see this last year when he's putting on the showcase to try to get signed that he's bulked up quite a bit. Uh, both times you'll see how beautiful that swing is. You'll also see that he's clunky defensively. Uh, he get tires out really easily because of his size. And, uh, but you'll also see that he's capable of making very, very athletic plays defensively. This is the kind of like why it's impossible and very, very difficult to evaluate a player's ability to play a position as they move forward, it's like when they're that young, when they're 17, 18, 19, 20, because there are times, there are always times when you see clunkiness and there are always times when you see plays that light your lamp. Uh, so it's still hard to tell where he'll, where he'll play. I think he's athletic enough that if he can't play third, which I'm not saying he can't play third, I think he will play third. Uh, but if he can, he can play a corner outfield or they can move him to first. Uh, but again, like just to highlight the tools, he has every tool you would want out of a hitter. It's quick. He gets like, it reminds me of Gary Sheffield, not his stance, not what he does with the bat pre-swing, like the leverage he gets, the bat path, the power, his finish, follow through, all of that stuff. Like it's tremendous, tremendous bat speed. And I'm just so impressed with this young man. Now, as I gush about him, I gush about him. Remember what could happen is this kid could find his way stateside where he's finally playing against talent that is at his level.
and he could fall off the prospect radar. He could fall off the map completely. You know, we gush about players like Jonathan Machado and Magnura Sierra at that level. Now, they never showed the power that Nunez did, and that's part of the reason why I'm higher on Nunez than I ever was on Sierra or Machado. Uh, but we gush and gush about them. But then when they get stateside, we see, oh, wait, we get it now. These tools aren't going to play the way that we had hoped that they would play. Uh, so we're, we're cautiously optimistic. We're cautiously excited about Malcolm Nunez. Uh, but between he and John Torres at the lower levels, along with other prospects like Victor Garcia and Terry Fuller, if Terry Fuller can stay healthy, if Victor Garcia can stay healthy, and some other international players in, in particular, there is reason for hope and excitement at the lowest levels of the minor leagues. Uh, Leandro Cedeno at first base, who will be at a full season club. Like there, there is a, group of prospects, and there aren't many in the way of pitching, which is a concern and a surprise when you think about the Cardinals organization, but there is a group of prospects that are coming up at the lower levels that get you really, really excited, and uh, Malcolm Nunez and John Torres are the two catalysts, the two leaders of that that club, so keep an eye on them. Uh, look, Malcolm Nunez, I get asked about him just as much as any other prospect, probably as much as Gorman, Montero, uh, Kramer Robertson from the LSU faithful. I just, I don't have much to say other than it's going to be a fun ride with Malcolm Nunez. Mm. Coffee's delicious, you guys. Number five on our list is Stanley Espinal. Uh, so Stanley Espinal, Espinal uh, was traded to the St. Louis Cardinals from the Boston Red Sox for international cap money, uh, along with Ameldo Diaz, uh, at the same time that the Cardinals acquired Lane Thomas for international signing bonus money from the Toronto Blue Jays. And, of course, Thomas is the cream of that three-player crop. Uh, Ameldo Diaz was the most impressive last year after the trades. But right now, uh, Stanley Espinal is a very interesting third baseman who has great leverage, like lower half leverage and an interesting swing at the plate. Like when you watch Espinal swing and you're going to want to watch it on the GIF, it reminds you a lot of Reggie Sanders. Like he reminds me of Reggie Sanders, just the way his swing, his bat path, the speed of it, plate coverage, like all that. Now, again, that's minor league version of Reggie Sanders. Like Espinal is not ever going to have the career that uh, Reggie Sanders has, like, but just to kind of give you an idea of like what the tools look like. Uh, he doesn't, obviously, he doesn't have, like, the brains, the baseball IQ of Reggie Sanders. His doesn't have, like, that ceiling even remotely. Like, Reggie Sanders at his worst is probably Stanley Espinal at his best. Uh, but he's a he's an average third baseman, from what I understand. Every time I watched him at State College, I, I didn't really get a feel for his ability to play third. I've just been told that he's average across the board at third. Average footwork, average range, average arm, uh all of it, like it's it's average defensively, but his bat took a step forward this past year, and he did it at State College, which isn't an easy league to do it in. And he anchored a lineup that didn't really have much around him, unfortunately. What was around him was more skill set, uh, you know, speed, getting on base, and he was kind of like the one linchpin in that lineup because Brady Whalen struggled, and you guys know I'm a big Brady Whalen fan. So, anyways, Espinal is. Right now, he is honestly, truthfully, not to bag on him, he's just a guy, but he's young enough with enough talent and raw talent at that, that you can do a little projecting and and maybe see him like a, a prospect on the level of, you know, I, I always go to like someone like Danny Deekroger, who was a Stanford product who meddled around at AA, 
I think he touched AAA for a minute, but spent a couple years at AA, uh, a couple years at Palm Beach. Like he he's going to be an organizational depth piece. Now he has a body type that's strong and, and tools to build on top. Uh, but make no mistake, like he's he's if we were ranking the top fifty prospects in the organization, he might be fifty, forty five to fifty. Uh, anything could happen. I really like him. He's fun to watch. He's a great guy to go to the minor league stadium to watch. Uh, He'll be your kid's favorite player. And that is Stanley Espinal right now. Uh, Don't be surprised if all of a sudden Espinal finds his way on the prospect map, though. The more I watch him, the more I like him. He opens his hips a little too early when he swings. It's a common thing. Uh, And maybe even if he just tweaks that a little bit, we we could be talking about Espinal working his way up the list. Although, I'll be honest, if Espinal works his way up the third baseman list, uh, that's one hell of a a season. I mean, he would have to to be really amazing to leapfrog any of these four prospects ahead of him. Uh, As we get to our next man up, we highlight two of the 2018 draft picks, uh, Brandon Donovan and Zach Gehagen. Now, Gehagen was a 37th, 38th, 39th round pick. Uh, Donovan was a top 10 pick for the Cardinals. Uh, I, what I saw out of Donovan, he got hurt. Uh, I, I wasn't so impressed, but you can't invest too much in a player and uh, how they how they perform after they're drafted. Uh, it's a long season for those collegiate players, especially the ones who play in you know, the, the collegiate postseason. Uh, so I'm I'm not writing Donovan off at all. It's just right now for the list, I, I didn't really want to write about him. I didn't really want to talk about him. So we, we kind of blew by him. Uh, don't be surprised if he finds his way onto the list next year. If he le- leapfrogs Espinal or if one of the other guys gets traded uh, or makes a major league debut and sticks. But uh, uh, so anyways, if I had to pick one of the guys that makes me look stupid in the long run, it's Brandon Donovan. I could see him becoming a major, uh, not a major leaguer, but finding his way on the list. Uh, Gehagen is just like a, a super utility player at the minor leagues. You know, I, I always go to Danny Dekroger. Like, that's Zach Gehagen. Uh, he's a patient hitter with an interesting amount of power, but not so much that you think, oh, wait, this is this is real power. He's just a good guy. Like, he's a good organizational depth piece. So what we settled on uh, was GCL monster uh, Liam Sabino. Now, Sabino is a Vanderbilt product, sort of, who finished his collegiate career at Pitt. Uh, all I can really say about Sabino is He's got has a really beautiful swing, and he's probably never going to be anything more than a lower level minor leaguer. And Jesus, I've been doing these lists for an entire week. Give me a little bit of room here, okay? Uh, I'm I'm done. I'm exhausted. And uh, so look, Sabino's a lot of fun. He's good uh, at the minor league level, and uh, he's a Vandy product. And I mean, I don't really know what more to say, fam. I really don't know what more to say. Uh, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on Brandon Donovan. Keep an eye on Zach Gahagan. And uh, boy, was this a fun journey. I hope you've been enjoying the musical accompaniments here too. Uh, I've been told that I am strong lyrically uh, and uh, I'm just super talented. So you're welcome about that. And uh, that concludes our talk about the top five third basemen in the Cardinals organization, as well as our rankings of all of the positions and the players within those positions in the Cardinals organization. I hope you guys had fun. I hope you you guys and gals uh, had fun and enjoyed it. I I hope you come back. I hope you stick to Birds on the Black. Everything that all of those people are doing is amazing. Uh, we are the Cardinal Gifts loyalist, as as you all know, because that's what all of you are as well. Uh, look, it, it's been an, uh, an enjoyment for me. Thank you for being here. Find me on Twitter at kyler four one six. If you'd rather, my DMs are open. Slide into my DMs. 
if you'd rather email me, my email address is kyler416 at yahoo.com. It'd be my pleasure to talk to you in any capacity. Uh, you know, this was fun. I enjoyed this. I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Ask me questions. Uh, give me your input. I, I-, I love that. Uh, I'm finished. For everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, which we do every Sunday during the offseason at 8 o'clock. Uh, if you watch this, you listen to this, you're part of the resistance. And uh, as always, family, happy hunting. Thank you so much for giving me the platform, guys and gals.